American soccer fans, welcome to episode 95 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the game of soccer in America. I have returned from L.A. where I was for the annual men's national team January camp. There were two friendlies, obviously, that took place in L.A. over the past week, one against Serbia, one against Colombia. And we're going to discuss that on the show. There's also a transfer uh, that has excited a lot of fans out there that we are definitely going to discuss after the break. But first, let's get into the January camp. And first off, when we look at the roster for this camp, and I don't think we discussed this roster on the show that much, but 11 players on the 24-man roster for the United States earned their first U.S. men's national team call-up. And 10 of those players earned their first cap. In this camp, these guys that earned their first cap defenders, Julian Gressel, Jalen Neal, Sam Rogers, and John Tolkien. We had midfielders, Paxton Aronson, Aiden Morris, and Alan Senora. And we also had forwards, Emmanuel Savi, Brandon Vasquez, and Alejandro Sendejas. In addition to those 10 making their debut camp and also getting their debut caps, goalkeeper Gaga Slanina and defender Dewan Jones, who had been previously called into a national team camp also get their first caps during this January camp. And I think that's part of what January camp is all about. Now, that was coupled with a couple of guys, obviously, that everyone kind of knows that we've seen them. There were five guys from the World Cup that were on this roster. Uh, that was Sean Johnson, Walker Zimmerman, Kellen Acosta, Jesus Ferreira, and Aaron Long. And you also had another veteran in Paul Areola who made this camp. But most of it was geared towards getting some of these kids uh, their first shot. I mean, Jalen Neal has debuted for the national team. He has not even played for his club team, LA Galaxy, yet. So he made his national team debut before he even made his professional first team debut for the LA Galaxy. I think uh, that's kind of incredible if you think about it that way. But I think the idea behind this was getting some of these guys in and seeing what they can do and in, in, in having some matches that were pretty tough. Now, they should have won some of these matches, but I think the opponents on paper were a little bit tougher, even though they are outside of a FIFA window. They didn't have their A teams here. They were a little tougher opponents than we're used to in a January camp, and that made for uh, a couple of matches that were pretty entertaining back and forth, a lot of competition on the field. The first game was on Wednesday night. That was uh, at the new BMO Stadium, which was formerly Bank of California Stadium, home of LAFC where the U.S. took on Serbia. And despite getting the opening goal of the match from Brandon Vasquez, the U.S. fell to Serbia 2-1. to one. There was a couple of defensive mistakes out there that kind of let them down in the end. And then also on Saturday, a match at Dignity Health Sports Park, home of the LA Galaxy, where they faced Colombia. And that was a sellout game. A lot of Colombians in the stands, they were having a lot of fun, uh, but a lot of American fans in the stands as well. That game, despite the action, ended in a scoreless draw. Now, I talk about the camp mainly because I thought there was a couple of guys that I thought had some pretty good debuts. Brandon Vasquez, I thought, played pretty well. I thought Cade Cowell, who has been in camps before, I thought he played uh, very well in his first game. He didn't appear in the second game. And I think Anthony Hudson, who was the interim head coach, kind of said that it was due to fitness levels. Reminder, a lot of these guys... Uh, who play in, in Major League Soccer, 
have not played yet. They're in uh, they're in preseason and they're trying to get their fitness right. And he wasn't trying to tire anybody out before preseason really hit high gear. So a lot of these rotations that we saw were based on the fact that he wanted to keep guys fresh and also get people on the field that he hadn't seen before. So um, I, I think when it comes to this camp, the only player called into this camp for the first time who failed to get his debut cap was Roman Celentano, uh, the goalkeeper from FC Cincinnati. So th- that was the only guy, if that's the only guy that's getting uh, zero reps on the field, and, and obviously he got a lot of looks in practice, uh, I think that's a good thing because you know that means that we were playing a lot of guys and a lot of guys were getting uh, touches for the first time. Alejandro Zendejas, who we've heard about his saga of wanting to play for the United States. He played for Mexico for a couple of friendlies illegally. Uh, so Mexico got uh, those games forfeited. And at the end, he's called into this camp. He plays in these games and I thought played very well. Uh, love to see more of him down the road. Paxton Harrison, Paxton Poma call. We've seen those guys, those names before, but we're getting uh, to see them um, up close and personal. Some people for the first time. And I think the one guy who the score doesn't reflect, I think, the performance that they had was Gaga Slanina, um, the goalkeeper from Chelsea, uh, recently or formerly of the Chicago Fire, chose the United States over Poland. And I thought he did all right. And I want to see uh, what he can do down the road, uh, working his way into Chelsea or if he goes out on loan somewhere to get some time. I think that's the best thing for him is to get some playing time somewhere um, in Europe. So. Uh, looking forward to seeing him in future camps. And I think that he could be the replacement eventually uh, for Sean Johnson or even a Zach Steffen as we get down the line into 2026. I want to talk quickly about uh, something that came up on Football America's last night. Football America's the show with Sebastian Salazar and Hercules Gomez. It's on ESPN+. Plus. It is a must-watch, uh, highly recommended if you are not already watching it. And on that show... Uh, Herc uh, was talking about this January camp and he mentioned that it's kind of a waste of time at this point, that it should be just a U23 camp. And for me, I'm a big fan of January camps. I go to almost all of them. I, I love going to these games because there's a specific error about it that's different from other matches. And so because of that, I respectfully disagree with Herc's comics. And I know Herc is a player. I believe he's played on January camp before. Um, but also he has, you know, years of experience on the national team. And he mentioned that the January camps of years past had a different purpose and a different goal and a different mindset than they do now. Mainly beforehand, most of our players that were part of the A team, so to speak, were in Major League Soccer. A lot of them at least were. So you were able to see most of the national team uh, that you're used to seeing in these January camps. Now, most of our players play in Europe or are on their way to Europe. So, uh, and even the young guys who we want to see that might be that next crop of young talent, they're also going to Europe at an earlier age. So they're not always available for these camps. And I think that's where this opportunity still exists for players from Major League Soccer to not only get an opportunity on the national team, but also open doors for them professionally down the road. Let's go back to 2021. Because I think there was a couple of guys on that team that I thought were the prototypical examples of why January camp exists. Matt Turner. Matt Turner makes his debut in that game against Trinidad and Tobago. He pitches a clean sheet. And he uses that to excel and propel himself into 
stardom. I mean, he he propelled himself basically to start throughout Gold Cup where he gave up just one goal and none of them were from the wrong play. And at the end of the day, he is now our starter. And I don't think he's giving up that title anytime soon. He also parlayed that into a move to Arsenal where he is the backup goalkeeper. So that's one guy. The other guy that I think is even even a better story is Daryl DK. He was able to make his loan move that year to Barnsley because this match, the 2021 January camp occurred the day before the close of the January 2021 transfer window. Because he debuted in that game, he was able to get his work visa so that he could make that move to Barnsley complete the next day. And not only did it set him up to move to Barnsley, it set him up where he had that work visa for three years. And now he plays in the UK. So I, I think the January camp, even from a more recent perspective, we've seen guys from these teams go on to be a big part of the United States men's national team. Jesus Ferreira, he debuted in the January camp. You know, Jimmy Conrad is among several players who have used this as an opportunity to play their way onto the team. And he and I are friends. You know, we've had this discussion many, many times in the in the past. He's among several players who have called for fans to really recognize the importance of this camp. And that's why he's been in favor of the branding for it shifting from Camp Cupcake, what it used to be called, to January camp. And I've even disagreed with him about that shifting of the meaning because the meaning of camp cupcake was never supposed to be about our players. It was always directed at other things. And honestly, it started from the coaches wives sending cupcakes to players to let them know that they had made this particular camp. Uh, But I think what those players felt was that they wanted people to understand that this camp is important for those players who participate because it gives them a chance to be seen It gives them an opportunity to prove that they can be dependable on the international level. And a lot of international careers have been launched from this camp. And it doesn't matter what the competition is. I know it's it's a fun weekend for fans where the game almost feels secondary. But for these players, it's an opportunity that they don't normally get. Mind you, there's not a lot of FIFA windows. And when those FIFA windows occur, the pressure is to call in everybody that's part of the A-team. That doesn't leave a lot of opportunity for guys to break into that mold this is an opportunity for guys to stand out when there's no a team players around or very few of them and be able to be seen and maybe these coaches go hey this guy could be used moving forward and as a fan base we're always talking about our depth and increasing our depth and making sure that that quality remains great we don't get many opportunities to see our national team play so let's take advantage of every camp that we have to get players in here who could potentially help our team. We have three and a half years of friendlies, and and now we have some major competitions that we can look forward to over this next cycle as we get ready to co-host the 2026 World Cup. These January camps are going to be a part of that. We have to be able to get guys in and evaluate them and make sure that our depth of our player pool remains solid. You can't do that by just relying on the 18 plus a few others. You have to rely on some of these guys and yeah, sure. Some of these players that we see uh, in saw in L.A. last week, we may not see them next year because they may be using this as an opportunity to springboard their careers and go somewhere else. Maybe go to Europe, go to a bigger team, and they may be, not be available next year because they're playing in their season in Europe and outside the window. One guy who was part of that is Paxson Aronson, who just moved to Eintracht Frankfurt. I don't think he's going to be available next year because the hope is 
he's such an integral part of Frankfurt's success that they won't let him go. And I think those things are, are, are ways for him to acclimate and get into the system. He wouldn't have had that opportunity if Eintracht Frankfurt did not let him go for this camp. So those are things that I think people need to keep in mind when it comes to January camp. But all in all, on the field, there wasn't a lot of success. But off the field, I think there was a lot of guys who stood out. And you may see some of these names down the road. And so when it comes to Nations League and it comes to even the Gold Cup, you have some guys that could factor into those teams because our best players are probably being called in for the Nations League this summer. And that's it. I don't think we see a completely full A team for the Gold Cup. You may see a lot of our guys, but some of our European guys are going to be given the summer to rest, provided that uh, they just got off of a long club season. And oh, yeah, we had a World Cup smack in the middle of it. So I think some of these A teamers are going to get a break this summer after the Nations League is done. And you're going to see some of these guys factor into these spots for the Gold Cup and, and maybe even be on the field and start and play and have really big roles for our team as we try to defend the Gold Cup title. So keep that in mind as we discuss January camps moving forward, even those off-window games. The more games that we can get, yes, I know on, on one hand it's it's a money grab for, of sorts, but on the other hand, for these players, it is an opportunity to be seen, and I think that's the most important thing. So we'll leave that there. Let's take a break, but again, there was a transfer that happened just yesterday that has a lot of fans excited. Up next, we discuss Weston McKinney on the move to Leeds. So stick around. We are back and we have to talk about Weston McKinney. Yes, Weston McKinney has moved from Juventus all the way to Leeds. Ellen Road will be the host of Weston McKinney, at least for the rest of the season and potentially longer. It is a $1.2 million loan deal, according to Fabrizio Romano, with a $33 million buy clause at the end of this regular season, the 2022-23 season. But Weston McKinney, he is united with Tyler Adams, Brendan Harrison uh, from his national team days, and also with other Americans, the coaches, Jesse Marsh and the assistant coach, Chris Armas. We are kind of having a Leeds United States up there at Ellen Road. But for Weston McKinney, this is a big move for him in the sense that he is moving to the Premier League. He has done well for Juve, but I think the whole scandal that they have going on, the points deduction, it's interesting on their side that they're only doing a loan deal with no guarantee uh, that they can, you know, unload him for a lot of money. And and thirty three million dollars is a lot of money uh, for Weston McKinney. He moved there in a twenty million dollar uh, or twenty million euro deal uh, just over a year ago. I think when it comes to McKinney and Leeds, it's going to be very interesting because he could provide a lot of help for leads as they try to stay afloat in the premier league and stay up and, and avoid the relegation drop. But also it allows for fans to kind of have that excitement that we could see our, you know, most of our midfield on the national team level at the club level as well. I mean, McKinney pairing with Adams and Aronson, I think only makes our national team better because they're going to be playing together every single day. 
and learning from each other and growing with each other and having that on the field is only going to make our national team better. You also throw in Eunice Moose into that into that mix. And man, you we have a lot of options here that we can do. We can have a you know a forefront midfield, or we can have a four three three where Aronson is in there and working to you know alongside Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney like they do in a national team. So when we see those three on the same team wearing the same uniform, I think everyone kind of gets excited. And you know, these are probably going to gain a lot of fans and a, definitely a lot of interest from Americans who are looking to see how these players grow. And also I think Wes will just fit in well, just with his personality, his character, his work style. Uh, He is not a guy who's, you know, flashy when he plays, he plays hard and leads plays hard. And and he loves to go, go, go. He said he wants to have the freedom to move forward on offense or move back on defense and play that eight role. And I think that's going to be carved out for him in this starting 11 here at Leeds. So, uh, very much looking forward to that. Very much looking forward to uh, seeing what they all can do. There's been a, a lot of other transfers uh, that are in the mix or, or even rumored. Um, you know, we have Anthony Robinson who could be going to Manchester City and could be a Man City player by the time you listen to this. He might not be, but we're we're watching deadline day right now to kind of see what happens on that front. So stay tuned to starsandstripesfc.com where we will try to update you with any. Uh, news that comes through over the course of the rest of the day and the coming days when it comes to these transfers but that will do it for episode 95 of the stars and stripes fc podcast thank you so much for listening we will be back very very soon so until then if you have any questions or topic suggestions send them to ssfcpodcast at gmail.com we can address them on a future show so until next time take care